The following sermon is from Christ Church Port Orange. For more information, find us online at joinwithjesus.org. Thanks for listening. Praise the Lord. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans 8, 19. Romans 8, 19. God called us to fulfill, to be a part of fulfilling James 127 and equipping the church to do that. So we have really had a heart for orphans. There are orphans all over the world, uh, over a million orphans all over the world. We have over 400,000 kids on any given day in America that are we, we call the modern-day orphan, the child in foster care. God has called us to help orphans find family. That's what he's called us to do. He's called us to show vulnerable children that they're loved and that they're valuable. He's called us to show orphans that they're accepted and not rejected. But let me tell you, I stand in pulpits all over the place, and sometimes I see orphans in the pews. And you can be an orphan and still have a mom and dad, not a physical orphan, but a spiritual orphan. And I was one of them. You're looking at one today. And I just really believe that God has the message he's called for me to preach is a revealing to God's people that you're not orphans, but you're sons and daughters. Can I hear an amen? amen? You are free to say amen and agree with what we're saying today because I believe that I'm not here just to fill in a Sunday. I'm not here just to give a good, feel-good message, but I want to see the body of Christ get healed and become whole because outside of those doors, we have a job to do for such a time as this. We're not in the last days. We're in the last of the last days. Can I hear it? Amen. There's not a lot of time left and we can't be fooling around. There's so much God has for us to do, but if the devil keeps you broken and lies to you and keeps you suppressed, he really doesn't even care that you come to church. He just doesn't want you to walk in power and your purpose. And if he does that, then he's got you. But I've come to preach a message of freedom this morning, and I'm calling sons and daughters to arise, and the orphan spirit is going to be broken. And I've been in situations where people have been extremely oppressed or possessed by demonic spirits, and I've seen them leave and get cast out, and we see it in the Bible where Jesus commands evil spirits to leave, but you cannot cast out the orphan spirit. You can't. You can only dispel it by receiving adoption, by receiving sonship, by receiving your value and who you are. You see, an orphan doesn't know his father, her father. An orphan is without a father. And I want to reveal today how the Father thinks about you. Are you ready? Yeah. It's going to be a little heavy, but it's good. It's funny because this is what God's put on my heart. And when I preach, if a pastor asks me to preach on a particular thing, I will do it. But at the same time, I can't change, I can't change a subject because God's calling for sons and daughters to arise. And that's what's going to change everything. Romans eight nineteen. All creation, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. When you leave today, when you go home, when you go to a restaurant, when you go to work on Monday, everybody around you is waiting for the children, for you to be revealed as a child of God. They just don't know it. All creation is waiting for us to manifest our true purpose as children. You see, you're not identified by what you do. You're identified by who he says you are. Amen. And so I just want to share some base, some basics of this when it comes to, um, when it comes to kids in the system. Okay. In foster care, 
They are removed out of their home, typically because of abuse and neglect, sometimes abandonment. And if the judge, the judge will give a family or a mom and dad a case plan, and if they don't do their case plan, if they're not doing what they do, they do it, he makes the very difficult decision sometimes to TPR. TPR is a termination of parental rights. It's very sad to see that happen. Then that child becomes a ward of the state, essentially an orphan who needs a family. Then a family comes along and says yes to that child. And by the way, there's over 100,000 kids in foster care whose parental rights have been terminated. They just need someone to say yes. How many of you know your yes is powerful? Amen. And then they and then a family says, yes, a judge approves that that child can be adopted. A price has to be paid. And then the gavel goes down. The judge typically says, this is now your child as if naturally born to you. And then from Tallahassee, a couple weeks, months later, that child gets a new birth certificate in the mail. Now not defined by their bio parents last name, but defined by their adoptive parents last name name. And that's what happens in the physical sense. Let me tell you something that has happened in the spiritual sense. Can I hear an amen? And so I want to lay the foundation for adoption because adoption is add an option. It's the option to add you. He wants to add you to his family. He wants you to be his God wants you to be his child. Now there's two fathers that are calling out to you that we find in the word. The first father <clears throat> Here uh, is going to be found in John eight forty four. Before I get to that, I want to explain fatherless really quick. The word fatherless means destitute of a teacher or guide. But another term I found that's a literary term means without a known author. Now get that for a moment. Without a known author, without somebody to write your story. See, I truly believe that fathers are so important. And when you ask someone, what's a father's most important job, you will hear things like provide or protect or teach. But I truly believe a father's most important job is to affirm. Everybody say affirm. affirm. See, because your, your father could provide everything that you wanted. He could even teach you good things. But if he never said, I'm proud of you and I love you and you bring me so much joy and you, you are precious to me. If you've never heard those words, how many of you know there is a deficit in your heart until you hear them from your heavenly father? Can I hear an amen? I know people I've just wished their, you know, their fathers would say that and some of their fathers, it's not in them to say that and they want it so bad, but your heavenly father affirms you today. That word affirm means to give heightened sense of value, typically through the experience of something emotionally or spiritually uplifting, to state as fact, to assert strongly and publicly, and to accept or confirm that something is valid. And the Lord wants to affirm you today, but there's two fathers that are trying to affirm you. The first one, John eight forty four, the father of lies. I want you to get this today. If you believe a lie you're bound. And if you believe the truth, you're free. If an area of your life, you find that you're bound, there's a lie that you may be believing. He is the father of lies. He wants to affirm his lies over your life. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. How many of us have believed a lie, have believed something that's not in here? Can I tell you, if it's not in here, it's not true. 
If it's not in here, it's not true. Some of you this morning woke up with the enemy lying to you about something that's not in here. If it's not in here, it's not true. Are you getting this? If it's not in here, it's not true. Young lady, the enemy's lying to you. If it's not in here, it's not true. Young man, the enemy's lying to you about your purpose, about your past. If it's not in here, it's not true. Can I hear a big amen? This is what the enemy wants to tell you. Now, I want you to think about what we call the enemy or the devil was Lucifer, was an angel in heaven, <laughs> was very close to the throne of God. And he was removed because pride was in his heart and he was cast out. The Bible, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And I want you to think about how Lucifer felt when he was removed from heaven. See, an orphan is an orphan out of no fault of their own. But I believe Lucifer was the first to feel what an orphan feels like. Was he rejected? Was he abandoned? Was he isolated? Was he angry? Was he depressed? He was alone? Did he feel worthless? Think about that. Did he have a family? He was in the family of God and then he was removed. So this is what he affirms over you. You are worthless. You are nothing. God could never love you. God could never use you. You've gone too far in your sin. You're unlovable. You will never be healed. You will never be free. And you should probably just die. Now, many of us have heard those words whispered into our ear. Are those words in this Bible? They are not. But we have another father affirming us. In James chapter 1, verse 17, the father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And I want to say God is good. He is very, very good. And if a bad, things ha bad things happen to you, don't blame God, because God is good. And I want you to hear that today. The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. So if something terrible happened, often we attribute that to God and that God did it or allowed it or, or somehow it was part of God's plan. Let me tell you, if it's kill, steal, or destroy, it was not God's intention. It was not God's plan. It was the enemy's plan over your life. But God has the power to turn all things around for good. Can I hear an amen? And he's a good God. I just want to encourage you today. Don't blame him for something the enemy did. He is a good God. He is a good father and he loves you. This is what he affirms over you. You are valuable. Come on, receive this today. You are loved. You know, I have believers that I talk to that are some of the most unbelieving people. We call ourselves believers and we're not believing what God says. I talked to a guy the other day. I say the other day, a couple of years ago, I talked to him and he said, I grew up in church and I'm truly convinced that God does not love me. I said, John three sixteen, man. He goes, I know, I know, I know the verse, but I just don't believe it. That's unbelievable to me right there. Is that not amazing that we can get so deceived that we can come to church every week? We can read John 3, 6, so we can see how great the love of the Father has been poured out on us. And no, not for me. Man, the devil is a liar. Can I hear an amen? God will never stop God will never stop loving you. God will use you. God will forgive you. God has a plan for you. And you will live and not die. And you will declare the works of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? I want you to go to Romans 8.15. 
This morning, I don't know if Deb is here, but this in the back room, there she is. I was laughing when you were sharing because you were sharing my, my notes. It's like you're looking at but it's what God is saying today. Romans 8, 15. This is so powerful. Get this. The spirit you receive, that's the Holy Spirit. The spirit you received doesn't make you slaves. Otherwise, you would live in fear again. Instead, the Holy Spirit you received made you God's adopted child. And by the Spirit's power, we call God Abba. And Abba means Father. Do you understand how powerful that is, guys? You don't have to be fearful slaves. You don't have to be fearful orphans. You are God's adopted child. Add, opted. Opted to add. He chose the option to add you. And you can call him Father. And I would hear people, because the word Abba is like saying Dada. And when I would hear someone talk to God like Daddy, man, it just didn't feel right. Just it felt irreverent. But does my little, you know, when I had a little, I had a bunch of little little kids, but when the kids were little and they were reaching up to me, if they said Dada, did I go, no, not until you say Father. I'm not going to pick you up. But when you hear your little child say Daddy, Mama, in Arabic, it's Baba, right? That's how you say it. And when you hear that, you, you, you run to them. You hear those simple syllables in the simple, most simplistic way. You can go, Daddy, God, Abba, I need you. And I'm telling you, this is so important for the body of Christ today. Why? Because all creation's waiting for the children of God to be revealed, not the orphans, the children. So you have to receive that adoption. You have to receive that sonship. So you dispel the orphan spirit and you walk out of here confident children of God, knowing who your father is and knowing what he says about you. Can I hear a big amen on that? That's what we need in the body of Christ. We cannot go out there and do what God's called us to do if we're fearful slaves or fearful orphans. No more orphans, no more slaves. I release sons and daughters over this house in Jesus' name. Three things I want to tell you <clears throat> that children of God know. If you're, children of, if you're a child of God, you're going to know this. Number one, they know they're loved. First John 3, 3, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. That's what you are. You're not defined by your job. You're not defined by your past. You're not defined by your family, by where you come from, what your last name is. You're defined by who he says you are. You are a child of God. If you've received the love of Jesus and his acceptance, and, and, and you've been grafted into the family of God because of what Jesus did on the cross, you're a child of God. Don't let the devil lie to you. Some of you have been saved for 20, 30 years, and he still lies to you every day. And somehow convinces you that you're less than who God says you are. We're going to dispel those lies today. Jeremiah 31.3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I was at a church one time. <clears throat> and it was an incredible presence driven service. There was over an hour of just deep precious worship. Before the service start they had a room you could go into for a healing prayer and get encounter the Lord. The message was powerful. It was just, it was glorious. And when I left, uh, we left, Sandra went to get the kids. 
I struck up a conversation with a young lady, probably in her mid-30s, outside of this incredible church. They preach the word. They allow the presence of God to move. People just get touched and healed and saved, delivered. It was powerful. And we start talking, and I asked her a question, because she asked me what I do, and I told her what we do, but I told her I, I minister and preach regarding the orphan spirit. And she said, she said, what's that? And I began to tell her. So I asked her a question. I said, what is your value? What do you feel like you're worth on a scale of one to 10? 10 says, I'm confident in who God made me to be. I know who I am, and I know I'm valuable. One says, I'm worthless. I'm nothing, and God could never love me. Before she could skip a beat, she said, easy. I'm a negative five. She's holding a Bible. She's been saved for 15 years. She goes to an incredible church, and she's a negative five. How was that possible? Because of the father of lies. He speaks his native language, the language of lies. She was listening to his lies. Then when I asked her why she's a negative five, she started bringing up her father and what her father did. When you look at your birth certificate, most people, your the last name is the last name of your father. But can I tell you, TPR is a termination on parental rights, and God is TPRing the devil. He is not your father, and you're not going to be an orphan because he's saying yes to you, just like we did in a court of law to our kids. He's adopting you if you let him. Isn't this good? Number two, they'll know their value. They will know who they are and they will know their value. So identity is so important. Identity, is, we hear about that all the time. You can identify as just about whatever you want. And it's sad to me. It's sad. It breaks my heart. And can I tell you something? No, you can't. He made male and female in his image. He made them male and female. And that statement I just said that is found in Genesis is controversial. Shouldn't be. You can't decide who you are. You can only get revealed who you are from him. You can't decide. You can't wake up. You can't be gender fluid and just wake up and I feel like I'm going to be this this way and maybe that that way. This day and that day. No. And everyone that does that is never truly ever at peace. I don't care what medication you take or what surgeries you have. You'll never be at peace until he tells you who you are. Because you're made in his image. He made you. He created you. He tells you who you are. Not this social media, not the internet, not your friends, not this, this demonic agenda that is out there. No, you are made in the image of God. Precious and valuable to him. Find out who you are, not from the world, but from him. That's where you have true peace and joy. Romans 8, 16 through 17. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm. You see that? Everybody say affirm. Affirm that we are what? Orphans? Slaves? No, we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of his glory. Isn't that amazing? Children of God know their value. How much am I really worth? Can I tell you something? On a scale of one to 10, some of you thought about that. I've talked to people. Many of them, many believers are like five and less. Can I tell you today? Everybody in this room is a 10. Wait a minute. I had a bad week last week. I haven't been doing right. No, because your value isn't based on your performance. Your value is based on Jesus' performance on the cross. And he died for, for you to have you as part of his family. He paid a huge price for you. 
Guess what? You're a 10. Why? Because something's worth what someone's willing to pay. And he paid the crucifixion. The word excruciating comes from the word crucifixion. He paid that for you. And I just declare right now, the days of this low self-worth lies that many of you believe, they're just not worthy of God's love. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. You are loved. You are valuable. You are precious. He died for you. You are a 10. Look at your neighbor with a smile on your face with confidence and say, I'm a 10. It's not pride. It's not arrogance. It's confidence. It's confidence. I am a 10. I didn't hear you. That was weak. Look at your neighbor and say, I am a 10. It doesn't matter my past. It doesn't matter how I started. It doesn't matter my failures. I am a 10. Receive it today. You are valuable. You are a 10. Hey, this is good, isn't it? Are you getting it? Number three, they will know they have a purpose. And, um, I forgot your name, but you can come on up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whenever I'm under the anointing, I forget everybody's name. Um, <clears throat> number three, they'll know they have a purpose. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he's planned for us long ago. Why? Because all creation's waiting for the children of God to be revealed. I was on staff at a church in Ormond for many, many years. And when I got there, one of the pastor's daughters was about four years old. She is just an incredible young lady, but she was very strong-willed, like her dad. And she was at the church. They had a preschool, then they had a regular K through 12. So she was in her preschool class one day. Now, you understand, her dad is the boss over the entire church, school, preschool, and everything. And she was walking through the halls with her preschool class, and she was trying to get her teacher's attention. But her teacher was talking to someone and not listening to her. So she would call her name and call her name and call her name and get closer to her, and she was not listening to this little girl who was the pastor's daughter. Finally, the little girl walked up, interrupted the conversation, and looked the teacher in her eyes and said, Do you know who my dad is? I promise you, this is a true story. That little girl knew enough at four years old that if she's got to pull the dad card, she's going to do it. Can I tell you, that's a revelation for you this morning. Do you not know who my dad is? When a doctor gives you a report, do you not know who my dad is? When your kids are acting up, when the bank account is really low, do you not know who my dad is? That little four-year-old had no authority, but she knew who her dad was. Because we are heirs of Christ. We are his children. We have authority because we're his children. She knew she could go to that teacher and she could say, you know, my dad is your boss. So if you don't do what I need you to do, I'm going to talk to him. And can I tell you that when the enemy lies to you, you have to say, do you not know who my dad is? See, orphans don't know who their dad is, so they never pull the dad card. You can because you're a child of God. You're not an orphan. Amen. Isn't this good? All creation's waiting for the children of God to be revealed. I want to do a couple things. Um, God has given me a couple prophetic words this morning, uh, early this morning, and a couple things even during the service that I want to share and minister. 
and I just want to pray for you. How many of you are receiving this this morning? It's a heavy word, but it's a timely word because all creation's waiting. Amen? It's a timely word. The Lord gave me a word today that there's, there's some men here, and I was one of them. And you've operated as a slave, more defined by your performance than who God says you are. You've operated as an orphan and the Lord's calling you home as a son. It's going to change everything because Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. What if you look in the mirror and you don't love yourself? It affects how you love your neighbor. Insecure, easily offended. People walk on eggshells around you. You're looking at somebody who was like that, right, honey? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I was. And I, and God's changing me because I don't need you to act a certain way for me to have joy and peace. I used to come down the stairs in the morning and my son said to me one time, he said, when you come down the stairs, we don't know if you're going to be happy, if you're going to be upset with us. And I told him, I said, well, do your chores, be respectful, treat me right, treat the kids right, and I'll be just fine. I needed my kids to be who God already was. I needed them to be good and perfect for me to be happy and have peace. No way to live your life. Can I tell you, we need to come to a place where we stand offended. Let me correct that. We as believers should be offended. We should be offended at injustice, abortion, trafficking, homeless, hurting people. We should be offended that the enemy is, is, is affecting these people so much. I'm offended at injustice, but I'm not offended at you. How many of you have been part of a church split? How many of you have family members that won't talk to you? We cannot be offended we have to forgive. We have to love. We have to operate as confident children of God. And nothing you do is going to affect my value because that's vertical. It's not horizontal. I don't need my wife to affirm me in such a way where that brings me joy and peace because she's not going to do it the way I want her to do it every time. But he does. And when I get off the stage, the father says, I'm proud of you. You did a good job, son. And that's my affirmation. You get your affirmation from the Lord. I have two birth certificates of one of my sons. The one he was born with uh, in Texas. And then the one with my last name. I want to tell you today. Prophetically and spiritually speaking. The devil was TPR'd on the cross. You're not defined by the enemy anymore. And Jesus is opening his arms to you. He's standing before the judge and he's saying, I want to adopt them. I want to add them to my family. But when our kids were older, the ones that we adopted that were older, some of them are in the room. We went to them and said, do you want to be adopted by us? The judge is allowing you to come into our family. And we wouldn't do it unless they said yes. They said yes to coming into our family. We stood before the judge, proved we could care for the child. A price was paid, gavel went down, and now they get our name and our inheritance. And right now between 10 kids is about $8.25. So if you want to sew into the Hogue family fund, no, I'm kidding. <clears throat> Can I tell you something? Jesus did the same. He stood before the judge. He paid a price by stretching out his arms and dying for you on the cross. He paid a price. Adoptions, you have to pay a price for an adoption. If it's, if it's free, it's probably not legal. 
and the gavel went down and now you get to be part of his family. Some of you have lived outside of the family of God for too long. Today's the day to come home. And some of you have known these lies and this bondage for so long. It's all you know. We're going to break that today. And not me, but the breaker who is Jesus is breaking that off of you today. Would you do me a favor? Would you just quietly stand up before the Lord with your eyes closed? Can I do, can I have one or two minutes and that's it? Just two minutes. Um, Mr. Aaron, can you come up here real quick and just stand right here? I don't mean to put you on the spot at all. Uh, early this morning, the Lord gave me just a word for you and I just want you to stand here and lift your hands. Could you stretch your hands towards him? Pastor Jay, if you get behind him. You just turn to face me because I want to speak over you. Lift your hands up. Uh, this morning while I was praying, I saw a hand over your mouth. I wrote down the word muffled. Uh, the enemy has put his hand over your mouth. And we also know, and many of you know, that the enemy tried to take him out not long ago. And I just want to declare over you, the Lord's not done. And that hand is being removed. And I heard the word dream, that there's a dream so big. And it's been put on hold. And this hand over your mouth has muffled the ability to walk that dream out. So I just declare right now that you will live and not die. You will declare the works of the Lord. And I call that dream forth now in the name of Jesus. And anything that tries to hinder that, I command it to be cast down and cast away from his life. And I call that forth. I call life forth, not just physically, but physically, emotionally, and spiritually to go to a new level in the Lord right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Can you agree with that? Amen. Amen. And while you're there for about one minute, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to pray over everybody now. While you're standing there, thank you, Aaron. Sorry, buddy. I confused you. You can go sit down. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. <clears throat> uh, the Lord showed me this. Physical distractions. Physical distractions. Just enough pain to keep you distracted from God's plan. He wants to heal you. Somebody is overwhelmed by failure. You've been marked by failure. He wants to set you free. You're not a failure. You're a child of God. I wrote, uh, God show me continual disappointment, continual disappointment. Some of you have been so disappointed. And then he, sh he showed me miscarriages. Somebody's had many miscarriages and that continual disappointment has really affected you in your relationship with the Lord. God is releasing hope. And the last one is uh, stomach issues that have come from fear, anxiety, and worry. And the Lord says, trust me. It's an issue of trust. Fear and anxiety and worry has caused stomach issues. And it's true. You can talk to doctors. You can talk to people. It's true. Your body can manifest what starts in your soul. He wants to heal you today. So can I pray over you in these last couple minutes? And the Lord told me, Pastor Jay, for Christ Church to let go. Christ Church, let go. Let go of comparison. Let go of prejudice, which is opinion. Let go and let God just, and this is, this is an amazing thing that has been happening and, and just go all in with what the Lord's doing. Go all in with him. It may be different, but go all in because the Lord is doing something and he's picked this place to manifest his presence and to bring revival in this county. One, this one of the places God's going to use in a great way. You receive it. So, Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we release...
We dispel the orphan spirit and release the spirit of adoption and sonship and identity. And I thank you, Father God, for healing all of those that are in this room right now, healing them and, and, and dispelling the lies and revealing the truth because they will know the truth and the truth will make them free. I call that forth in the mighty name of Jesus. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you simply invite him to be a part of your life. Invite him in and receive his adoption right now. You just tell him, I receive your adoption and I am your child. Some of you need to say that again. I am your child. I'm not an orphan. I'm not a slave. So in the name of Jesus, I call forth the sons and daughters to arise because all creation is waiting for them to be revealed. I call it forth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.